Well, hello there, and welcome to a very special episode of Say Something Interesting, the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities. My name is Brent. With me is my friend Megan. Hi. I don't know why you say it every single every, time. So fast. Just got to get right but through it. every time when you're like, you laugh very special time. episode. It's because oh, it's, it's so a very, very special, special episode. episode. <laughs> I get that from Conan. Uh, I, I listen to Conan's <laughs> podcast, and he's always like, this, this is, I know I said that about last episode, but this is the best episode I've ever done. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so I don't know, it just makes me laugh. It's fun. Yeah. How's Megan doing? <laughs> Megan's good. Yeah. Yeah. Megan is fully vaxxed. Yep. She's I mean, invincible. Technically, they say it's like two weeks you know, what, you've before been, you have full inoculation, but you, I've had both shots. You, I watched you walk down the ramp into the auditorium, licking the handlebar the whole way down. You're <laughs> you're feeling so invincible. I would not right have now. done that regardless. <laughs> How did the second shot go? Good? Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. My arm was sore. I think it stopped being like at all sore, probably like noonish. Is there any coincidence today? that you're fully vaxxed and it's opening day week of baseball for you? No, I mean, but I'm already like, when am I going to go see I know. a game? And, they, <laughs> and, they're, and they're having fans? I mean, my gosh. Megan, uh, this is like... <laughs> Does it feel just like, I don't even know. I don't even know. This is this yeah, great. It feels pretty good. I don't know that my lifestyle is really going to change. Are you going to roll over in your new Tesla? Are you going to drive over to the stadium in your new Tesla? <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to be able to get a new Tesla. Um, <laughs> Can we get a car yeah. update? Yeah, it's a little bit on pause. Oh, I'm figuring out funding. Okay. So. But the, the the Malibu is... The Malibu is gone. Dun, 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 I signed it away. Dun, dun, dun. I cleaned it out. Who'd you send it away to? Um, the shop, and then they're going to... for kids? Yeah, no, I signed it away to my shop, and then they're going to arrange for the wrecking oh, okay. yard to come get Did you get it. paid for that, or did they pay you? Uh, how the wrecking that yard was... I think she said the wrecking yard would give them like 100 bucks, and I was like, you can just keep that. <laughs> Consider it a tip. Yeah, I was like, that can be for service. So you are on the hunt. Yeah. Looking for... Well, I'm not really actively looking for a car at the moment, because I want to figure out how much I can spend on give one. Give me a budget. So. Gisa, we need to know how much. <laughs> yeah. How much do I have? Um, so yeah. I just need to that's what I have to do this. That's week a fun that that's out. fun though. And the beauty about that is you have all of spring break to do this. Yeah, uh, that's true. The timing of it could not be I mean, gosh, that's, that's great. That's true. Yeah. Happy spring break almost. I know, to you. almost. Uh just a few more days. I know. Fighting through. Is this yeah. like the part of the, the year <laughs> where uh like this is like mm-hmm. how, how productive are teachers this week? Um, like if my productivity today is an indication <laughs> of what I will be for the rest of the week, yeah, it's like medium low. Okay. All right. <laughs> medium low. I can go with that. That's all right. Yeah. It's good. Are you doing anything fun for spring break other than uh, shopping for a car? I have a dentist appointment. That's not fun. <laughs> Megan, you schedule those during school. So you gotta be like, Hey, I can't make it in today. I've got a dental know, appointment. Do you know what a hassle it is to like make sub plans? It's awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's. I, I was it. talking with somebody today, um, uh, our friend Anne. Do you remember Anne? I do remember Anne. And uh, her boyfriend is a teacher yep. in the Richland School District, and he is in the STEM school, Libby. And okay. uh, I'm kind of airing his dirty laundry here, but. Um, <laughs> and I, don't I, know, even, I don't even know Stephen that well. People so. have to be careful when they tell Brent's stories. No, I do. You do. Yeah, I, I have a podcast and a podium on Sundays, yeah. so <laughs> it's going somewhere. No, but he, he, he's very tech. And she, she mentioned um, the switchover. He, he has a STEM school, so it's the kids already had laptops. Yep. So the switch to tech was like, or online was not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, but it's really hard to find a, uh, a reliable um, substitute teacher because you're just throwing them into, like, it's hard enough to like navigate half the class. Because he's, he, she said half the class is already yeah. online for what they were well, doing. Well, because Richland, 
at least at Libby, from what I've seen, they are like zooming their kids in during class. Yeah. 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 And that's like Pasco's not doing that's that. That's a normal, so. like all even if school was fully open or yeah. when it's fully open, there's still some of these kids who that's what oh, they yeah, wanted uh-huh. to do. And so it's like you've got to navigate this whole tool thing. And she's like, Steven's really great at it, but subs are like <laughs> You're throwing them into the deep yeah. into the pool. <laughs> it's true. Hey, hold on to this anchor real yeah. quick and good luck swimming. I mean, to to be fair, at that point, the kids are probably the ones running the class. Oh, oh absolutely. Right. The sub. Yeah. Like, the sub is just the adult in the room. Ms. Bojan, so. you have to press power yeah. and you have to. Pre- <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Your camera's not on. You know what? Uh, Go ahead. Play Among Us, guys. Yeah. You're going to be just fine. We'll see you in a year. Uh, uh, yeah. But exciting. Exciting uh, trans- uh, things have transpired in the week because I had a week off. Uh, as well, I, I did uh, a little trip to Vegas town and uh, got to listen to uh, the podcast on the way home, as well as uh, the, the uh, Lauren's teaching on the on the app and, mm-hmm. and do that whole kind of thing. It was a lot of fun, a lot yeah, of great times. And uh, since then, we've entered into phase three. I know uh, the vaccination program has kind of like gone into some sort of a different speed. It feels like everybody I've talked to is like, "Yeah, I got it," and I'm like, "How? You're 24 and super well, healthy." I think if you're like if. I think if you go to the fairgrounds, I don't. I think they're like chances are not turning anybody, <laughs> turning anybody away. I've heard they're having trouble filling appointments. So, um, I need to get a good evening where somebody can watch my kids, and I can just go over there and be like, "Hey, it's me. How's it yeah. going? Can I get one?" Yep. Um, but uh, anyways, I haven't I haven't done that yet. But yeah, it's part laziness, part whatever. But yep. So, yeah. Um, and uh, then yeah, it's good. It's good. It feels hopeful. I I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah, feeling. feeling hopeful. Me yeah. too. I like yeah. it. I like it. We uh we are hopeful as well because we uh just started our kids area back up after yep. 53 weeks off. <laughs> it was a little and crazy. It was a little real. crazy yesterday. Thank you for those of you who came <laughs> and trusted us with your children. Um I'm sure they were wonderful and it wasn't crazy while once they were in the rooms, but it's the just, process of it's all the, the other stuff It's was the a whole crazy. thing of, you know, you you practice something <laughs> and you have a game plan. And yep. what did Mike Tyson say? Everybody has a game plan on how to do in a fight until they get punched in the face, yep. right? Right. And one hundred percent. We have uh we're going, we're like, we got all the rooms ready, we we've got everything prepped. We had like curriculum prep for like a month and a half, like videos done. We tested them, tested all the audio, then we get in and you know, one computer doesn't have internet, and then the <laughs> Printers don't have an IP address, yeah. so they can't do the uh, wireless printing for the kids' check-in. So we're handwriting pr- kids. You know, it's just uh, this is why though. This is why we, we did it the week it before, a week before Easter. Because yeah. could 100%. you imagine this next week? Nope. Oh my gosh, train wreck. So we've we've come up with a few things that in staff meeting today that we think are going to help for next week. So nice. if you came one week and you're like, oh, let's hope they learn from this. Um, <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> I'm and sure there'll be still great. be things. It'll There's be things all the time. Yeah, we and we went back to two services. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a chance to preach twice, which I haven't done in a year. And my <laughs> voice could tell. At the, I don't know if you were you attend. Which one did you go to? Um, you working the whole time. I work the whole yeah, time. You're sorry. I don't really attend anymore. <laughs> I'm a slave driver. When but I listen. Um, I listen to the recording in the evening on Sundays. Oh, so. look at you! Yeah. While you're doing the uh, while stuff? I do my dishes. <laughs> Why, why? When I'm when I'm ready to go to bed, I just turn on the. No, I o'clock. do. It's the like background noise while I'm doing dishes because then I can listen and focus on it. I so. noticed my voice, um, like I was tired. My voice was tired <laughs> halfway through the second talk. Going, yep. hey, what are you doing? You don't talk this long usually. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I felt like the first one You're was like, better. Buck but up. It'll get. It'll yeah. <laughs> 
I gotta retrain it, re-get it going. Uh, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. It'll be get fine. We had awesome kids volunteers. Mm-hmm. We had a hundred percent like participation in terms of you know we had to do a bunch of background checks and train retrainings and mm-hmm. everything, and they showed up in a huge way. And the kids areas went awesome. They really did. The kids it, yeah. check-in was was a mess, and it's not any it's not to necessarily be fair, anybody's fault. Kids but- check-in is often the like weak link just because of the technology, not because of the people right. doing it. No, just the, the people, dude. Yeah. Aaron and Carrie crushed yeah. in in the midst of terrible circumstances. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyways, um, and if people who weren't there listening to this podcast going, God, what happened? Did people die? What? <laughs> Nothing happened. Our computers just weren't working, weren't connecting to each other. Yeah. Which when you do a hundred percent online check-in, yeah. that's when you're like, Oh, yep. I don't know what to do. So <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll be all right. Yep. It'll be great. We also, uh, continued our series, um, Exodus, uh, making sense of Easter. We walked through some of the early chapters of Exodus cause it's been interesting. We haven't really been like, okay, it's a series on Exodus. Let's start with chapter one. We'll, next week, we'll go to chapter two. It's been kind of bouncing around a little bit, kind of intentionally so, speaking this week specifically of the person, the hero, the protagonist of the story of the Exodus, which is uh, Moses, obviously. Yep. And uh, some of the background pieces is of his upbringing and where he came from and uh, the oppressive nature of how that kind of stuff arose in that mm-hmm. era and power dynamics at play. I thought there was a lot of crossover, really, honestly. Um between uh, some of the like truth to power, but also like uh, reconciliation and an awareness of a difference, like I an awareness of I don't belong here. Like mm-hmm. when I thought about that for um for Moses, like when did he realize? Oh, I'm adopted. Yeah, I wonder though if like yes, he was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, yeah. so he's like part of the family, but. You know, like in Tarzan, like Tarzan is always a little bit ostracized by all of the rest, right? I wonder if there was something like that going on in the family, right? So like the the daughter who adopted him loves him, but everyone else makes sure he knows, right? It feels like it because yeah. if he was beloved by Pharaoh, mm-hmm. even if he killed an Egyptian, like you would think that Pharaoh as a loving dad, if it was that, would be like, hey, like grandpa he probably had good yeah. reason to do what he yeah. did. That guy was an idiot anyways. I didn't want him around anyways. Something like that. <laughs> and instead it says Pharaoh got angry and wanted to kill him. Yeah. So it's almost like he was perhaps looking for an excuse mm-hmm. to be like, yeah, I never really liked what she did that in that scenario anyways. right? It might have been an embarrassment for him. Because yeah. I, mm-hmm. I mentioned um, how in the power dynamics that are, are in play, uh, one comment to Pharaoh's supposed power is even your daughter doesn't obey your rules, which... Yep. Um, is really a, a kind of a, a slam in that. <laughs> As somebody, by the way, who has four kids who don't obey the rules at the church all the time anyways, and <laughs> have seen them go, do you know who my dad is? You know what I mean? And you're like, okay. <laughs> all right, London. Let's wrap that up real real quick. Um, uh, but, yeah. Know, yeah. It was uh, good stuff. And then liking it for sure to... The New Testament authors, as they're trying to make sense of Jesus going, I see a lot of similarities between him and Moses. I see a lot of parallels. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of running parallels between these two. Uh, and then hopefully the, the the big thing at the end was just the dynamic between um, God coming and doing the rescuing out of obligation versus, as John interprets it, out of love. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, that's just his way of doing it. You can agree or disagree on it, but that's... Uh, uh, his way of, of looking at the scenario of God, again, showing up in the silence. That's the point that I wish I would have kind of hit a little bit more is you do have these, it's, it's an interjection on the scene after a long period of assumed silence. 
Uh, that's what Exodus is. Mm-hmm. They, 400 years of slavery. Uh, and then you got to remember this whole, all of the activity of the Old Testament ends in this 200 year intertestamental period where there's nothing. There mm-hmm. is no prophets. There's no, uh, there, there's nothing. There's a bunch of would be messiahs rising up and then getting squashed by whoever is in control of, 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 of pagan authority at that time. Um, and so you do have a lot of people going, we came back from Babylon, we came back out of exile and we built something and yet it doesn't feel the same. It feels like we lost something, like something's different. It's not as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. And perhaps those days are gone. Perhaps that God is gone. And so they're asking the same exact questions that the Egyptians or sorry, the Israelites and Egyptian in, in Egypt are asking the question mm-hmm. of, what happened? Is it is it all over now? Mm-hmm. Do we have to figure out something new? And then he inject, interjects on the scene, but this time he does it out of love. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it. I thought that was interesting too, and in that um, also that God didn't really interject with the the slavery Egypts and or the Israelites in slavery until they asked. Yeah, waiting like, for them to. He ask. waited for them to ask, but it was it was different with Jesus. He didn't wait for them to ask. They weren't like crying out in pain he was like, Hey, here's, here's the answer. Yeah. Yeah. And and you might say some of them were crying out for a Messiah, but not definitely not the same way. Definitely the corporate value and definitely probably more like in this, what you read about is kind of an apathy towards the religion or, or religion was simply, uh, like the political thing of like, or or the, just something you did, Mm -hmm. Uh, like how some people, you know, are, it was like a power ladder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just, yeah, it was, it was good stuff. Yeah. I thought I just was thinking when you were talking about it though, um, that children's Bible, um, the Jesus storybook Bible, like every story whispers his name, but of like finding those parallels in the old Testament and finding, which definitely like new Testament authors use that to communicate who Jesus is to their audience at, in the day. Cause they, their audience know those stories really well. Yeah. But you can see that a lot with a lot of different stories of like, Hey, that feels a lot like the Jesus story or, Hey, that feels a lot like where Jesus came from or how he moved into the world or those kinds of things. hundred percent true. So. Uh, and I think what was important, and I, I briefly touched on it uh, for a second there, was Matthew and Luke, both with the birth narratives of Jesus, writing in um, some prehistory that kind of, whether they were trying to, again, whether you believe that they actually happened or not, um, Matthew is trying to connect him with a Jewish heritage, mm-hmm. specifically, in this case, Moses um, and then in into the line of David with his genealogy, the very mm-hmm. first part of Matthew. Um, and Luke, writing to a different audience, writing to a Greek audience, really highlighting the contrasting messages between his birth and the claims of Caesar Augustus at the time, mm-hmm. right? So Matthew's birth narratives are saying he's Jewish, he's Jewish, he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. And Luke is saying he's the savior, he's the prince of peace, which is, and he's the Lord, he's the curios of, of the of the the world or Lord of the earth or whatever. He is all of the things that Caesar Augustus is claiming to be. Yeah. So mm-hmm. birth narratives in uh, Mark and John are absent and missing because they really, that wasn't the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it didn't have to occur in that way. And so why do they exist in these other two things? Because they're trying to build a case for something. Yeah. It, because of the audience that they're talking yes. to, right? Right. Matthew's talking to a Jew- Jewish audience. Yes. Like I need you to know 
that Jesus is from us and is us and you should take him seriously. Yeah. Look how much his story is like Moses's. Right. Look how his lineage is from David. Yeah. And, you know, Luke all is, that allegiance that you feel yeah, for Moses yeah. needs to be that and then some for this yes. Jesus character. And then, you know, Luke is talking to, you said Luke, right? Yeah. Is mm-hmm. talking to that Gentile audience. Like, I need you to know that this person is more than Caesar. Like, we, we don't worship Caesar. We worship Jesus. Yeah. Right? And he's speaking to the, an audience that would be familiar with Aristotle and Plato and all those other people and saying the Logos, the Logos of God, the, the, the thing that you think is out there, the spiritual, the one being has made himself known. In the That's how he starts his gospel version mm-hmm. off of off of it. So who, who's his audience? He's not trying to convince Jewish Christians to, or Jewish people to convert to Christianity. He's trying to convert pagan Greeks mm-hmm. into, into this the low that being thing out there has made himself known. Yeah, and and you read that. That's why Luke reads so differently than yep. than Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and and probably why they felt the need to write their own gospel. Right. So Mark, it's very clear that Mark that Matthew and Luke borrowed from Mark, mm-hmm. um, and it seems like they borrowed from this alternative text too, called the Sayings of Jesus, or sometimes referred to as the letter Q, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting because you've got Q and oh, this is not the same thing, everybody. No. But um, a lot of times, people think that Matthew and Luke had in front of them, or by their bedside table, or wherever they wrote a cop a copy of the Gospel of Mark and a copy of, of the Sayings of Jesus. The Sayings of Jesus we no longer have, mm-hmm. but there's some commonality between Matthew and Luke that doesn't show up in the book of Mark, which mm-hmm. means that there's a source material somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, so th- so then why then the question becomes, well, why write anything? Um, if you already have Mark, why do we need this? Well, because Matthew thought Mark had some details, great, but the Jewish audience needs something more yeah. that like connects pieces for them. Mm-hmm. They need they need a genealogy that ties them into a son of David because we hold on to this idea that the seed of Jesse is going to be something that's going to manifest this or or uh, this very kingdom mindset or uh, all of these these things that Jewish <clears throat> excuse me Jewish people would pick up on. And Luke probably thought this is great, but you're going to have to read through the it I need I have Greek friends who mm-hmm. are going to need to hear this through the lens of a Greek kind mm-hmm. of sort of thing. Yep. And so that's why we get Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and mm-hmm. John, too, because yeah. I think John says, I, I bring a whole like humanity piece to it because my stories are a little bit different and a little yeah. bit more intimate. So, for sure. That's yeah. why it's important to like know who things are written for. You know, right. like when we're understanding part of understanding text, like when you're in school, even is like, who is the audience? Yeah. Like who wrote it? That's important to know. Yep. And then who are they writing it for? Those are some really important questions to answer when you're reading anything, but particularly the Bible, because it changes how you see, like, if you know who they're writing for, you can see why it's written in certain ways and understand, you understand context and you understand the story and you understand the structure of the story. Um, it just helps with like understanding something better when you're looking at it in that view mind. And to give you a real practical hands-on example of, well, what does that look like in real life? Um, if you show up to East Lake this weekend, you're going to hear me talk in a way that is going to be, my target audience changes this week than it does last week. This week is Easter weekend. We're anticipating, uh, you know, more people than usual at church. That's what happens on Easter, double, yep. triple, whatever it is. Uh, we're not sure what it looks like just because of COVID this year. So we're not even sure what to plan for, but my audience is very much more general audience. So as much as I went verse by verse in, in this last week and in, in this Exodus whole series has been kind of 
a little bit probably more academic or trained for people who already call Christianity their faith or mm-hmm. or East like their home or whatever, um, that's going to change because the audience is different. And mm-hmm. that's that would be similar. You know, that's kind of a parallel or a, a similarity mm-hmm. analogous. And you would see that in any church in the United States, quite frankly. I would hope so. I hope that you <laughs> – God, I hope if I had any word of wisdom to any pastor, please <laughs> preach differently on Easter than you do, uh, you know, on January 1st or whatever. Yep. Um, because, you know, I want to, you, you need to know that there are people in the room who are coming with lots of questions and not a lot of answers. And, you know, this isn't really my routine. This isn't a, a priority for me. This is, it's a priority on Easter to come, but my faith is kind of, I, I don't need a church. I don't need a community to help me deal with that. I can do it on my own or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to kind of re reword that and rethink that. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm sure as a teacher you've kind of navigated like these are this is my oh class yeah you that, definitely have to figure out your audience um right. like you know and you look at who your students are and where they're coming from and you definitely like speed up or slow down based on what's happening in the room and so yeah you have to know who you're talking to yeah um and like how much vocabulary am I stopping and explaining and I mean I teach science so I explain vocabulary all the time but. Um, but also there's that like, okay, how are we moving through this based on who my students are for sure? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, um, this week we finish it off with Easter and, uh, it is going to be like the end of the series, but it's also going to be, like I mentioned, it's own standalone. It's going to be a unique hybrid sort of message. And (laughs) hopefully we can start a new series after that and Mm kind of get the the people back and go in that direction. But I'm, I'm super excited. If you've been on the sidelines waiting to kind of see how things played out, um, in terms of opening kids back up and everything else, we did film something this week uh, to try and highlight what the changes have been made and what expectations are in terms of both just mask wearing and social distancing and all of those things. So be watching your email inbox or our social media page this week to kind of check that out. And hopefully you can make an educated decision on whether it works for you to be able to come and check it out. We would love to have you in person at nine or 10 o'clock. No kids areas at the nine kids areas only at the 10 Uh, space is limited. So please RSVP to let us know that you're coming so that we can make sure to have a spot for you. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, no taco truck this year. Unfortunately, we have to break our tradition. It's so sad. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, there's really good taco trucks around and you can go <laughs> check one out. Yeah. In or fact, you can go check out crumble. Yes. The new cookie spot. <laughs> That's yes. my plan for Sunday. <laughs> there, uh, Kylie tried to go the other day and there was a uh, line I believe out it. the door. And so she was like, we'll it. just go to the other one, the cookie <laughs> house. And it was so good too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, nice. let's do our something interesting. Yeah. You want to go first? Yeah, because you opened. Yeah. So um, I was trolling the internet trying to figure out something to share. And I came across this article about Johnny Appleseed. You know Johnny Appleseed? I mean, I familiar remember. familiar with Johnny Appleseed? Yeah, I can't remember if it's a true story, if it's a fable story, if I grew up on like a cartoon. I remember there being like. There is a cartoon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. probably the like version of Johnny Appleseed that you know. Probably. So um, I think I remember the version is like Barefoot had a bunch of apple seeds. Looked like Tom Sawyer with a, a little bit, yeah. bag of apple seeds. I, I want to say I maybe remember he had like a like a saucepan hat. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Um, and he like just went around the Midwest, which at the time in like the late 1700s, early 1800s was considered the West. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Went around like Ohio and um, like Tennessee and Kentucky, all those places. And he planted apple seeds. So he's actually a real person. His name was Johnny Chapman. 
And he, um, in the late 1700s, early 1800s, when they were starting to settle Western Ohio and Kentucky and all of those places, they, um, companies would go out and then they would give like land stakes to settlers. Um, and there was a requirement that they planted a certain number of orchards within a certain amount of time. And so Johnny Chapman, what he actually did was he went around and he planted apple orchards and then would sell them. Like he would go to the unsettled land, plant apple orchards and then sell them to the settlers. Mm. So it was like his money. It was the way he like figured out how to make money. But the really cool part that I found out, um, is he didn't sell, he didn't plant apple trees. Like it wasn't good apples. They were like sour apples. Because in the late 1700s, early 1800s, people didn't eat apples. All of the apples that they produced were made into hard cider. Oh, interesting. And hard cider was like the primary drink yeah. in that time. Because um, the water's so dangerous. Because the water's drink, really right? dangerous. So you, so you just drink cider. Right. right. Um, and then during Prohibition, all of that got changed. Um, they like obviously weren't allowed to have cider anymore. Um, and it really like took cider out of the game, but you know, it's been making a comeback recently, <sighs> but also Johnny Appleseed was part of some religion that didn't believe in grafting. And so oh, that's the other reason his apples weren't very good is because he didn't graft, um, like better. Cause what you normally do with apples is you grow a like sturdy trunk stock and then you graft good tasting apples onto it. Um, but he wouldn't, he doesn't look at you with your apple knowledge. I know. Right. I feel, I was like, oh yeah, this is my something interesting. Yeah. I know this. (laughs) Um, what's your favorite apple? Um, Fuji or Gala. Okay. I also really like pink ladies. Okay. It's probably my favorite, like special apple. I mean, honey crisp are obviously delicious, but honey crisp are bomb. Yeah. You know what else is even better than honey crisp? Is it cosmic? I've heard that they are phenomenal. I don't know if I've ever purchased one. Apples are the one, not the one thing. There's a couple things. Um, <laughs> milk, too. But when I travel anywhere else, uh-huh. I'm always disappointed in my apple purchase everywhere yes. else. So I I have had this conversation with other fellow Washingtonians about what an apple snob I am. I, I guess I am. I didn't know. Because I, go- I don't, like other places, especially on the East Coast, they don't have the variety. Like you can go to any grocery store and there's probably like 12 different types of apples that you could pick from. Here. Here. Yeah. And the smallest batches that they have are like red delicious because nobody in Washington state buys them. Because they're disgusting. Yeah. But in like on the East Coast, that's the only thing that what they have. What is deceptive name? I red know. delicious. Well, apparently they used to be a lot sweeter, but they like as they changed over time, like with production, they got not as good. And then they started putting more energy into the other ones that taste better. So I, I, uh, I literally packed three apples (laughs) to Vegas with me last week because I got tired of going down there and being like, cause I kept thinking I can't take it through security in, I don't know if you can or not. I don't know. I checked them in my bag, so it doesn't matter. But I, I would get down there and I'd be like everyone, you know, you're trying to eat something decently healthy and an apple at breakfast sounds like a pretty healthy way to go. And I'd buy one. And I'd be like, always disappointed. Like, this yeah. is a garbage, you guys. This is so bad. So I packed my own. <laughs> my wife was super disappointed because I came home with three apples before I left. And she's like, oh, you bought me apples today. I'm like, well, nope. I'm taking them with me. <laughs> she's like, oh, and I'm watching your kids for seven days? Okay. That's cool. So, yeah. um, and then milk. Oh, I think see, our milks taste way better here than anywhere else. That's 
That's funny. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say coffee is the other thing that they get well, like, snobby about. Out really? Of from here? State. I don't, I mean, we don't even grow our own beans here. So all of it's imported. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't That's just know. what they said. That's what I've heard people say. But apples for sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, mine is a uh, show. When we were, uh, when I was with some buddies in, in Vegas, we had a, one of the guys would slip away every once in a while and uh, go into the room and have his own, like in the mornings or whatever. He was, he's from the Midwest. And so he's up earlier than all of us. And uh, so he's watching a new show on Netflix called Last Chance You, but it's for bath. There's a, there's been a Last Chance You. It's about JUCO colleges and junior colleges yeah. and, and students who, uh, for whatever reason, whether it's they got into some legal trouble or grade trouble or something, just couldn't make it at a D1 school. And so they mm-hmm. got to go. Their talent level is can be just as good as anybody else, but they're, they're working on some life stuff. And so they got to go to JUCO college and do it. And so there was a football one that came out a few years ago, and I think they might have two seasons of that. And that's been really good. Uh, but this one is about college basketball okay. one, and it's a coach in LA um, who is um, trying to like, you know, be dad to these guys almost yeah. and so, to some degree and helping them make, Hey, you think that was a smart decision or you think we should try this again? <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're super talented and and the story of them and it's, it's um, right before COVID starts and that oh, whole yeah. season uh-huh. before. And so that I don't want to ruin the ending of the season I'm for you. Watch um, it, but... Okay. Well, it's really good. And <laughs> Um, I, it's just, uh, it's a, it, it's a very hopeful piece. You watch it and you look at that and you go, see, that's, that's just a good coach. And and I don't know that X's and O's, he's all that great, but like, like I see the effort and I see all the stuff and you're like, man, that's just a, I, anytime I watch that kind of stuff, I'm all, that's a glimpse of the kingdom. Like, I don't know. I don't know if the, I th- he actually is religious because he tries to tell his kids you need to turn on the Bible and fall asleep to the Bible because you're making really bad decisions <laughs> in your life, which is kind of funny. Um, but even if he didn't Just do like that. Just like hope osmosis. Yeah, exactly. Like the players are always like, I know, I know, coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even if he, even if that wasn't re- religious, like what he's doing, I'm like, man, that's it, man. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, projecting hope onto these kids. And, and it was, it was, it's just sort of good. Okay. I actually haven't even finished it yet, but, um, uh, I, I, as far as I'm into it, I recommend it. Nice. And it's not that many. I think it's like five episodes, six episodes. So, all right, that'll do it for yeah. uh, today's episode of Say Something Interesting. The only other announcement I have is that, like we said, Easter Sunday is this next Sunday, nine and 10 o'clock in person, online always at uh, just after 10 o'clock. You guys had a little fun game on Sunday, we a little did. true TV pre service. Uh-huh. Uh, pick the right show, pick the show yeah, that pick actually the fake exists. Show. How'd you yeah. do on it? I didn't get to watch it at all. Um, I don't know, actually. I feel like I didn't I ha- do well. The Plemons did really well in the chat. Kylie did okay. I, I got had, a couple. Kylie got a couple. I had so much fun making up I fake that. shows. <laughs> um, See, I was trying to guess which are the shows that Brent would, like, what are the names that Brent would pick? I, I'm pulling it up right now because I want to <laughs> highlight a few of these for those of you who may not have guessed. So, so. True TV, a channel. We didn't that, get through all of them, just uh, FYI. Okay. A, a, a True TV, a channel that nobody watches except for Impractical Jokers, one. That's like the, the best show that's on there, and they just play it on repeat all the time. Mm-hmm. And then during March Madness, some of the games are on True oh, TV. Okay. And so that's why it was brought up in this way. And they just do like the craziest dumb shows. Like, um, I thought it was like a crime channel, if I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah. Branson Famous. This, these are actual shows, Hardcore Pawn. Um, Kentucky Bitters, uh, lick, <laughs> Lizard Lick Towing, uh, Full Throttle Saloon, um, Psychic Detectives, which is great. <laughs> um, 
uh, how to be a grown up in Ma's Roadhouse. Um, and then some of the fake ones that I came up with <laughs> was Magic the Gathering Deathmatch. Love that one. <laughs> we didn't one. get to that yeah, one. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> crypto for clunkers. That's we also didn't get that's to that one. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> Megan, that was designed for you. You just turned over your car for a $100 tip <laughs> to your mechanic. And I thought, what if your mechanic, instead of paying you $100 cash, said, here's 0. 0.011 of a Bitcoin? <laughs> and you'd say, I thank you. Um, <laughs> let's play Pog. <laughs> we also didn't get to that one. How many did you do? I'm not all- very many. It was really, we did not have very uh, much time. We started late. Million dollar prenups. We did that one. Uh, makeshift hospitals. <laughs> we See, Kylie and I thought that was fake. We were like, that one's fake for sure. So you think you can throw an axe? Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, uh, Minecraft country. I don't know. It was, yep. uh, it's super good, man. That's a play on Lovecraft. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> I, I had I had probably twice as much fun writing it. it as you had fun playing it. I always so, know. Thank you for the opportunity. I always know when you feel especially proud of when what I'm you, hovering around. Yeah, the, when you are I'm hovering, hovering in their couch, like, yeah. hey, hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah. How's the game going? <laughs> I was like, oh, he's behind the camera, especially excited yeah. about what he wrote. <laughs> <laughs> you like so check great. in afterwards. How'd it go? Hey, Did yeah, you so get him? Me, was everybody <laughs> laughing? Was everybody like, that's the best game we've ever played? <laughs> Oh my gosh. So dumb. So dumb. All right. Well, we'll have an extra special one for Easter as well. Uh, We're super excited about that. Have a great week, everybody. Yes. And we'll see you on Easter Sunday.